I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome back. This is another episode of Renovation Made Right, and I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. Welcome back. I'm excited. It is good to be here. And today we have guests, and we always love to have guests because we are so bored with ourselves. That's right. <laughs> so today we have Ray and Judy Durling. They're both realtors at, with the Durling Realty Group based in Andover, but that is also part of Leading Edge Real Estate, which has 11 offices in the greater Boston area and southern New Hampshire. So Welcome, Ray and Judy. Thank you so much for having us. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to have you guys with us. So, um, so we have known Ray and Judy in town. We live we live in Andover. Ray and Judy live in Andover, and they are very active realtors in the area. And uh, we thought it would be fun and helpful to have a couple of shows uh, with Ray and Judy. And really, we're going to do this from two different angles. So, the first angle we're going to do this from is uh, the same the same sort of topics that we bring to you as it relates to making sure you have good remodeling experiences. Um, and so, we've given you a lot of content and a lot. Of information about how to make sure you find the right contractor and how to make sure you select the right project and how to deal with insurance and financing your remodeling work and all that. Today, we're going to take the same concept but from a real estate angle. So we're going to speak with Ray and Judy about uh, if you are considering buying and or selling, what are the things that you need to think about when you decide to, let's say, engage uh, a realtor that you want to work with or engage a firm that you're going to work with or were the things that you want to be mindful of to make sure that when you, obviously, you know, at most people will agree it's the biggest investment of your life and it can also be a super stressful time in the, in the buying and selling but I don't think it has to be I think uh, I think Ray and Judy can help us uh, get some clarity on how to make the, the experience a positive one and how to avoid uh, some of the mistakes that occur out there right yep. so um, so that's the idea behind the show and and sort of with uh, with no further ado let's go ahead and, and launch into some questions and so Ray and Judy uh, as you guys think about the idea of, of someone entering into the prospect of, of of buying or selling, um, what are the what are the top things that uh, a, a person should be considering if they don't have connections? Maybe they're new to town; they don't know people. Right? Real estate seems to often be a, a, a business made out of connections of people you know, because that's why realtors are so active in the community. I think. Um, but if you don't know somebody, how do you begin the process of looking, and what should you be looking for when you want to engage someone like yourselves to to be helpful? Sure. No, that's a great question. And it's something I gave a lot of thought to when I changed to this career, Dave and, and uh, Brenda, it, is it someone you can trust mainly, first and foremost. So, and that generally comes through word of mouth, through a referral system. I'm not a cold calling real estate agent. Some agents make their business that way. They cold call and they're chasing down people that couldn't sell and maybe still want to sell. But really, I'm word of mouth. Judy and I know a lot of folks and, and we just come from a sincere place of putting the client first. And we care very deeply about making that transaction as, as drama-free as possible for them. Yes, we want to maximize their equity, 
but one of my taglines is life first, transaction second. And I think if you're going to evaluate realtors, I believe you really want to find someone that you can trust that way, that they're going to put your, your, your interests first. I don't think an agent that is there to just do the transaction without thinking about your life, I don't think that's fair to you. Mm-hmm. So, so how do you figure that out? I mean, what, what kinds of questions should, be, should people be asking when they're interviewing a realtor? Sure. So my first conversation with a seller or a buyer isn't necessarily about a number of bedrooms. Um, it's more what's going on in your life. Are you renting now? Are, where do you want to live? What are your dreams? It's more of that life stuff than the nuts and bolts of the, the foundation, if you will. Yeah, so so I, I think that makes so much sense, and and that's not putting the cart before the horse, right? So if you don't have a good understanding of of who your clients are and where they're headed in their life, it's how can you effectively serve them, right? Mm-hmm. I think you also need to look for um, people that are in it full time, um, you know, committed. Mm-hmm. You you can always get you know they're always available to you know it's you know it's almost like a twenty four seven. Yeah, job, for, for, you know. for better or worse, and, and it's a good thing because we love what we do. So yes, it's twenty four seven. Our kids are a little older now. We can we can get away with that, and we do serve our clients twenty four seven. And so okay. so to that to that end, though, you're right. I think one one of the things you're mentioning there, or, or sort of uh, directing, is I know that real estate can can be an opportunity for many people to have a part time career, and obviously hard to de- could potentially be hard to deliver. The same experience to consumers when when you're doing it part time is effectively kind of what you're saying, right? Right, and um, you want to like make sure you know you, you know uh, um, you get good guidance and people that are with good communication skills, um, responsive. Uh, you know, in this day, this in this like in these times, people are like on the internet. They're looking online. Boom, they know a house is for sale. They want to see it right away offers a due in like three or four days it's quick everything is very very quick and Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i would just say like someone who just you know is a good communicator and maybe has a good like vendor resource list and uh lists for like things to do to prepare sellers and and um things stuff like that so question for you and it's interesting because i because i have not purchased a home in 20 years so it's been (laughs) it's been a while and the uh the internet has really changed i'm assuming the marketplace quite a bit so how how do you add and and i know you do so this is really a question i want you to educate me how do you add value for people who can go on you know real estate websites and and find their own houses how are you helping them to uh streamline the process Absolutely. So you can go on and find fisbo.com or something like this. And mm-hmm. You can take that angle. And I, I really think that's sort of a scarcity mentality. I come from more from an abundance mentality where I know I'm providing the value to more than compensate for my commission. Um, and we do that through, uh, yes, we can, they can go online. Everything's online. That's when you first see it. But we have the systems to send you those listings quickly, right away. Better, quicker than a Zillow, quicker than a Redfin. And you probably um, know of some houses that are not yet on the market but are about to be and might be a good fit or things that they haven't thought about, right? Absolutely. And yeah. we'll know specific neighborhoods better than, than they would. Sure. Um, yep, yep. And, and when we sell a home, it's not just, again, it's not just about the house. It's about preparing that product for market. What can we do to maximize that seller's equity, to have it sell faster, to sell, have it sell for more money and better terms? So we do a lot of preparation up front. It's not just a matter of taking pictures. 
although we do take professional pictures, we don't use our iPhone unless it's just something I whip off for social media. Um, but it's all about that presentation online, number one. And then number two is, is processing that what it has come to be one busy, busy weekend where we try to show it and open it up to the market, get as many people through as we can, and then generate as many offers as we can. So it's not just a matter of taking those pictures and sticking them on the internet. There's a lot of preparation. Then the process itself of generating that business, then negotiating that business and getting it to closing. So there's a lot of components to it. So Judy, I want to circle back to something you said. So that everything you said, Ray, makes total sense to me. But one of the things you said, Judy, is that, and Ray, you kind of were affirming this in the conversation, is that it happens fast these days, right? And you said, you know, sometimes it's a three-day deal. In, in the remodeling world, when our folks are working with clients, developing projects, and, you know, designing and refining and making selections, it takes months. For the average customer of ours, you know, it could take uh, three, two, three, four months or five months to design and purchase a project. So they got lots of time to think about things, maybe too much time to think about things, but, <laughs> which causes a problem, but they got lots of time. You're talking about a $600,000, a million dollar transaction <clears throat> that's going to happen in a three-day period of time. And that is almost the definition of stressful, right? So what are the things that you recommend uh, people uh, to be thinking about to help, you know, prepare them for that super speedy, got to jump on it, got to get it, or, you know, or <clears throat> want to take the offer <clears throat> because the offers are coming in fast and furious and what's the best one and all that. How do you, what are the things you recommend people do to prepare themselves so that that crunch time doesn't completely, you know, stress them out or help or make them fear that they're going to be making bad choices? I think um, like with buyers, I think they, you know, they contact us and they'll say like, I'm, I'm looking, maybe they're thinking ahead. They're thinking, oh, in six months to eight months, my my lease is going to be expiring. I, I, I you know, I want to find a house. So then we'll say, you know what, you, you should start now because you should go to open houses. You should get pre-approval letters. You should, you know, start the process of really deciding what you like, you know, towns you like, what towns you don't like. Um, and just get get them out there. Um, it is a little bit of a process for the buyers. Like they sometimes they are going through and they're not getting homes right now. Like they'll put an offer and they don't get it. It's a learning process a little bit. So when they do, after going through a few of them, all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, I, I'm kind of done with this. I, I need to be in somewhere. And then they're like, okay, we need to aggressively put an offer in and put good terms in and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And so obviously, uh, you know, one of the things you just mentioned was sort of uh, pre-approval letters, right? So getting your ducks in a row so you have the financial horsepower behind you uh, right. so you can make the offer stick, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, they don't want you to make any big purchases or anything like that. Just save, save, save. Don't do anything, you know, that's going to upset your financing or anything like that. Um, maybe liquidate some money for down payments and stuff like that. Yeah, so those are all really good. I hadn't even thought about you know the fact that you really need to monitor how you're uh, how you're behaving financially before you lead into this, right? You um, yeah for your credit rating, right? right. Yeah. Makes makes right. total sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and uh, and so that so that's helpful. Similar question, sort of on the sell side, and this has always been, I think, a, a, maybe it's not a big challenge for you because you guys you know are dialed in and know what you're doing, but um, it, it seems to me like most homeowners, I'm probably guilty of this myself. Um, have uh, have an impression of what my house is worth and sometimes it's out of line with the market what do you do to help clients um really put a put a realistic but strong number everyone wants to maximize their income right so that's but at the same time 
if a customer's coming to you and saying, you know, I, I need 1.2 for this house, and you know that house is $900,000 all day long, how do you how do you manage that conversation? How should how should a, a, a homeowner receive that conversation from a good realtor to understand, you know, um, that not you're not going to always tell them the number they want to hear? No, we don't. And, and uh, that's important, too, when you're looking for a realtor. If you have a realtor that's just saying yes, 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 all the way, you could be set up for a problem down the road because you need a realtor that's going to tell you the truth, whether it's good news or bad news, whether it hurts or it's fun. Um, and that sometimes is around the price early on before we're even hired. So I think what's important that we bring to the table is data to support what we're saying. If it's it, it, and we need to explain the market. If it's worth 900 and you go on 1.2, you might end up with 800. So mm-hmm. if you're following that, is you that might is that because up. it sits there too long? I mean, I'm curious sits, why that. That's exactly right. It sits too long, so buyers assume there's a problem. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with it. Now I encourage my buyers to to call me. Don't assume something's wrong with it. If it's on for now, these days a month is a long time. If it's on for a month, don't assume something's wrong. Call me. Maybe it's just overpriced. At that point, you go in and you don't have to compete with other buyers because no one else is thinking this way. We go in by ourselves. We can um, offer a lower price and perhaps get a deal on it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't serve a seller well to let them put it on at a high price. Um, much better to show them as much data as we can to show them, number one, we're in their court. We're not out there just to throw it on the market and sell it quickly. Um, and that's important too. Do you trust us to do what's right for you? Um, you put that same house on the market for 600, oh, you'll sell it quickly, but you might get 700, right? So that's not good either. So right. data is data really, we, we try to pull all the data, what's happening not only a year ago, but very recently, what's gone under agreement recently. The market is changing so much quickly um, that it's important to look at fresh data. So we do that. What What is a, what is the comparable house sell for, but also what did it list for? So if this $900,000 house, we put it on for 889, you might get 980, right? Right. But if you put a 929, you might sit there and get 850. I hope everyone's following these numbers. But yeah, yep, yep. well, that, I, that's a curious thing. I was th- throwing out these numbers and I and I do appreciate that this podcast is is heard uh, in a lot of different places and your market may be stronger or or hopefully you live in a market where you can actually still get a house for 250,000. So I just, <laughs> yeah. that's you know, so true. right. That's so you know, true. Friend, friend, <laughs> we, we lived in Kentucky and it's a different world up here. So that's that's a good point. If you're listening from outside of the greater Boston area, these numbers are astronomical. I get it. Right. It's crazy. Right. So it's all it's all a relative uh, it's a process. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about because um, I, I know I'm sure a lot of people are curious is how is what what's happening with the local market? I know real estate has taken off like crazy under COVID in certain markets. And and, and I'm curious, like what's happening in cities as well? Like, so could you could you tell us a little bit about just what what's happening this year? It was crazy. So the whole COVID pandemic, we have a little bit of guilt here, right? Because some businesses are really hurting and we feel those businesses and we're trying to support them, restaurants, et cetera. Yep. Our business is very strong. We're very blessed and we're going out and trying to support these other businesses. So we totally get that this is a very hard time for lots of folks, but the real estate market has been booming. And 2020 was our strongest year in seven years. Wow. This is the second, second career for me and it's been kind of straight up, which is great. We're knocking on wood. It's been a great solid market for realtors, but 2020 was a record year for many of us. And that that's 
partly due to COVID. Now you remember March and April, the market, everything died, right? Mm-hmm. So we made all up that made up all that other ground May to December. And we even had a very strong January with closings because of everything being queued up. So COVID really had sort of a, a black and white effect of, of if you're doing well, um, it's time to move. Um, making life decisions during COVID. You know, we're not going to be here forever. Did we, we've always said we want to live on the water. Now's the time to do it. You wouldn't believe the people that are selling going to the water. Um, so COVID drove that change. So mortality is a, is a big motivator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah okay. for sure. What are we waiting for? Right, right. right. Um, the other thing that's impacting is low interest rates. The buyers are out. Um, these I'll call them kids, 20, 30 year olds that, that thought the best thing to do was to, to rent in Somerville and have fun. Uh-huh. That changed that changed dramatically. Why am I paying three grand in rent to sit in my room? Now it's time to get serious about buying. So we're seeing all these people come out of the city and not just the young, young, young folks, but but all all ages are saying, let's get out of the city. It's not as fun as it used to be. Um, it's time to plant roots with a little bit of yard. So the suburbs in southern New Hampshire have been booming. Um, and at the same time with COVID, you've got people hunkered down that don't want to sell. They don't want people in their house, right? Right. So that's the other side of the market. We don't have as many houses to sell for that reason. And I would imagine that your business is thriving because those people that are hunkered down in their home, well, now they need extra space. They need an extra office room, right. a Zoom yeah. room, you right. know? Right. Well, and yeah, in, in fact, um, we've had experienced just that very thing. And I think people who people have decided, they first of all, they've gotten to stare at the four walls of their house a lot more. And as they've been staring at the four walls, they've been finding all the things that they aren't happy with, it, you know? And, uh, and that has definitely driven a massive increase for us in terms of inquiries and people who wanting to design projects and, and so forth. So just like you, we feel um, sort of very blessed, maybe somewhat guilty and we're doing the same thing. There's, you know, we're we're ordering out. We're uh, bringing food in. We're doing things like that to try to support those. <laughs> Here you, go. you know, to try to support. I, you know, I, I, my heart, my heart goes out to uh, restaurateurs and many other businesses that uh, that have, you know, gym owners and that have been able to, you know, that really struggled during this time. But let me circle back to you uh, to, with that the one the one thing we were talking about relative to helping a, a consumer on the price side and and helping them price the project. Is there data or, or is this just data that each agent would keep about themselves? Because one of the things I'd be curious about is, and I know, obviously, you guys come from a place of integrity and come from a place of doing the right thing for your sellers and your buyers. But um, it, there, there's, a, there's no doubt about the fact that, that you know, you, you almost kind of could, could come into the place where you serve many masters and you, you want the listing and you want to try to make the client happy. So is there a place where statistics are kept or where you guys say, okay, Here's our last 20 sales. And our last 20 sales, here's what our recommended price was to the buyer. Here's what it sold for. Is there a way for you to kind of check a real estate agent's track record about sort of how well they are doing at helping their sellers price homes? Great question. Um, Not an easy answer. You can go on Zillow, but that generally is a computer model that's not very accurate. Um, And I don't know that that shows – we call it – sales to, to list price ratio. Yep. So I think my average right now is about 103%. So on average, I'm selling things 3% over Yep. Um, list price. And there are some that are 10% over list price. And there are others that are 5% under because I wasn't as effective telling the seller the accurate price. Right. Okay. Um, so I can do that for our data. I can, I can get into the back end of some things, the listing service and, and look at those percentages. And that is something to ask 
your realtor, if you're interviewing three realtors, ask them about their production, um, their days on market, how quickly are their listings selling. In this market, you want your average to be under 30 days for sure. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing, yeah. right? That's, that's just, just incredibly fast. Historically fast, yeah. yeah. And David, if I could circle back real quick, you mentioned it's a three-day process, but I want to be clear that, yes, that weekend is extremely busy but we're preparing for weeks and months in advance. Sure. And then the, then the transaction, it continues on through the process and we wanna make sure to get to closing six to eight weeks after. Sure, right, sure. Right. And, and I'm assuming that on some level, and we've actually seen this even in our neighborhood, uh, there have been uh, a couple of flipped homes in our neighborhood uh, or a couple of you know homes that have just gone up and they, they, they go up on the market quickly and then they're scooped up quickly, but sometimes there seems to be a little volatility. So in in our neighborhood, like diagonally across the street from our house, there are two homes, and actually each home uh, went up on the market relatively similar time frame, and they sold, and the deal fell apart uh, a couple of different times, but, but but they sold fast, and the deal fell, and, and then something happened, and it didn't go through, and they sold again, and and eventually they stuck, but um, mm-hmm. but is that volatility? Is that something you guys are seeing? Uh, and is that a function of the fact that there's a little bit of desperation and people are saying, I just want a house and, I, and I'll, I'll do what it takes. And maybe sometimes they're either over, overreaching or they didn't have their ducks in a row or what. And how do you, you know, how do you help coach people to not let those deals blow up uh, just because they're hungry for them? David, right on. I think COVID has created this and COVID has created the inventory shortage, which creates this desperation for buyers. And I think, and and as a listing agent, that's where we add more value. We may get 20 offers on a listing, but how we compare and vet those offers is huge. We wanna make sure that the offer we go with is gonna stick with us to closing. Now that's not always the highest price. It It could just be the solid character of the buyer. We try to know who we're dealing with. Solid character of the agent. We hope we know most of the agents around town. We just want to know that the offer we go with is secure because if we have to go on market for any reason, now if the buyer loses a job, God forbid, and and there's a legit reason they don't get their loan and everything's legit, those things happen. Sure. Mm -hmm. But if we don't vet an offer and a buyer gets cold feet after we sign, that's really going to damage my seller. Sure. Because yeah. now we have a we have that back on market on the system, and buyers are then asking, "Well, what's, what's wrong? wrong with right. it?" Right. Yeah. 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 Now, now it's got a bruise or or a scar, right? right on yeah, that they list. think it might be an inspection issue or sure. something like that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, uh, so we're getting the high sign from Merrill. We, uh, it's funny, uh, time has just flown because these are really interesting topics to me. Yes, they are. Right, and uh, and uh, this has been excellent. I think you have given us some great information to listeners about setting themselves up for success as they're uh, as they're thinking about uh, entering into the real estate market. And I was going to say dipping your toe in, but I guess uh, today t- today it sounds <laughs> so like it's not that you, you got to dive plunge. you got to yeah. dive all the way in, right? Yeah. Uh, to the make pool is frozen. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so uh, we want. Uh, we want to thank uh, Ray and Judy Durling from uh, the Durling Realty Group, part of Leading Edge Realty, for uh, being with us. Uh, and uh, and this kind of information coming from uh, from experienced realtors who with uh, with a high degree of integrity um, is the kind of thing that listeners really want to hold on to and take to heart and give yourselves a better experience when the time comes to make a change or or acquire a property, right? Right. All right. right. So you've been listening to Renovation Made Right. I want to thank Ray and Judy for being with us. And uh, we were going to do another show, so we will bring another one to you in another week. And, uh, and guys, thank you very much. Uh, Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, our pleasure. 
Thank you. This is uh, the end of our show. Just come back and listen to us again on Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I'm David Bryan. Take care. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.